Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, go. Hey, go. Hey, go. Hey. Hit it up the park. Hit him with a strike. From the national anthem, anthem. to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ayy. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done. Till we hold that trophy up. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 437 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is August 2nd, 2023, and the San Diego Padres just took two out of three from the Colorado Rockies. They are now a game under 500. They're making that climb right back up to being to 500. They haven't been 500 in a long time. They're making that climb, trying to get up to a postseason spot. There's time left to do it. Uh, and they, I think they got to keep playing really good baseball. And if they keep taking two out of three, that's not going to happen every series. But if they do that for the most part, get some sweeps, then they will probably be in the postseason. So that's how we start the show today. A lot to talk about. Padres, Rockies here discussing this series win for the Padres. Do you think that they're back? Do you believe in this team? We can talk more about the trade deadline and some of the additions that the Padres made in case you missed the trade deadline reaction show yesterday. And obviously questions, comments, I will get to all those from you Padres fans. Make sure I get to your comment, your question by using that Super Chat button. You can join the show as well. Click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat if you want to come on and give some of your Padres thoughts or have any questions that you want to give to me uh, on the show. I was just waiting for some people to get into the live stream here. Just a reminder, code TALKINGFRIARS for $20 off your SeatGeek order. You can click that link that is in the description. 
for Breaking Tea, great San Diego sports swag, the Breaking Tea link there. San Diego Padres, Aztecs, San Diego State Aztecs, San Diego Wave. Um, they play this weekend against Angel City. So this weekend's going to be fun. It's a, it's a real San Diego versus L.A. Uh, rivalry weekend for San Diego sports with the Wave and with the San Diego Padres. And both L.A. teams are going to be coming to San Diego for those games. So should should be entertaining this weekend. Um all right, let's see what some people in the comments are thinking here just as we get started. Uh, post-game reaction, someone asks. I did have that up. It should be up already on the channel. So just go check that out when you have a chance. Jack says, Garcia should have been DFA'd, not Honeywell. <laughs> I, think some, I don't think you're the only Padres fan that has that opinion after watching today again, you know, him loading the bases. Now, credit to him. He got out of it. But, yeah, he still loaded the bases. Wasn't great. Um, Devin asks, do you think Sanchez is the best catcher the Padres have ever had? <laughs> oh, man. He's, had a, he's, he's definitely been influential uh, in a positive manner for the Padres. That's for sure. Um, I think he's going to have to do it for a longer sample size to have that title. But he's not competing with a ton of great names. Um, there's not a Yachty Molina, right, that he has to compete with. There have been some good catchers, but, you know, since 2000, is he the best catcher? Um, you know, I think more of a sample size is still needed, but, yeah, he's been really good. He's performing like the Gary Sanchez with the New York Yankees, not the Gary Sanchez that was, I think, DFA'd earlier this year by the New York Mets. And that's how the Padres were able to claim him. I think they claimed him off waivers. Um, he, he's, he's performing like the better version of Gary, not that version. Right. And kind of like the version that he was with the Minnesota twins. If you remember uh, Gary Sanchez with the Minnesota twins kind of helped you out there on the immaculate grid. Uh, so if, if you have a twins, Yankees or twins, Mets or Yankees, Mets, Gary Sanchez is an option. Or if you include the Padres in that, he's an option there. Speaking of another immaculate grid, uh, great name to know, Rich Hill. Um, you, if you if you don't know a player on the immaculate grid game, just guess Rich Hill, and you probably have a, a decent shot of getting that correct. And Rich Hill, I bring him up because he is expected to start during this Dodger series. Kevin AC, it was weird in his article today before the game and his like notes thing. He said at one point he was expected to start on Sunday at Petco, but then he also said on Monday. So I, I don't know. One of the one of the last two games of the series is what it seems like. He's tentatively scheduled to pitch. And um, Joe Musgrove, he is probably not going to pitch. Uh, I saw that in the Seattle Mariners series is probably when he's going to pitch again. He was scratched today, obviously, with the shoulder stuff. Uh, shoulder soreness, is, I, I think, is what the Padres labeled it as. And so Nick Martinez took over, pitched really well. Um, he ended up going three innings. On pregame thoughts, I was like, maybe he works into the fourth. I was a little ambitious on that. Um, he ended up going three. I guess the plan was only for him to go two innings, but he was pitching so well, and he told Bomell was like, yeah, I won a third inning. So he got that third inning. Then Ray Kerr comes in to the game, and – yeah, he had the bases loaded at one point, but 
he ends up striking out six guys in this outing. Sure, walk three guys, but limits the damage, only gives up one run, two and a third innings from him, 56 pitches. I think that's that has to be the most pitches that he's thrown at the big league level yet um, for the Padres. And then Scott Barlow, we got to see the debut of Scott Barlow with the Padres, obviously coming over yesterday on deadline day from the Kansas City Royals. He pitches an inning and two-thirds, doesn't give up any runs, doesn't give up any hits. Um, struck out three guys, doesn't give up any walks. And so lowers his ERA to 5-1-3. Now, that's not a great ERA, but I don't really care what he did in the past this season for the Royals. I just care that he pitches well for the Padres now. And if he pitches like he did in 2021 and 2022 with the Kansas City Royals, I think we're going to be pretty okay with Scott Barlow. Um, and he was pitching in the sixth inning today. That's when he started that outing, I believe. So imagine the Padres have Barlow in the sixth, Wilson or Cosgrove in the seventh, and then you can have Suarez and Hayter in the eighth and the ninth. That didn't happen today. Cosgrove pitched after Barlow. Garcia pitched the ninth, loaded the bases, ended up getting out of it. But uh, um, I understand Padres being Padres fans being annoyed with Luis Garcia continuing to be on the roster. Uh, and, you know, Brent Honeywell, it's not like he's been pitching great. Um, either as of late, you know, I think he had a good start to the season, but he has not been able to continue that and be that consistent since then. Um, but you know, Garcia, it feels like the Padres believe in his talent more. And so that's why he was kept on the roster. I'd imagine, um, today and Honeywell ended up being designated for assignment, but the pitching for today's game in this blowout win Obviously, the offense is going to get a lot of attention, but the pitching was great. You know, a couple bullpen games in this series for the Padres. Pedro Avila starts yesterday. There has to be a spot starter in Nick Martinez today. And they didn't have to use Suarez. They didn't have to use Josh Hader. They didn't have to use Steven Wilson today. So now those guys get a couple days off before the Dodgers series, which I think is important because – Regardless of if it's the Dodgers or not, you still got to keep winning ball games. You know, the Padres, they're still under 500, only a game under 500. They're not like eight games under like they were at one point this season. They're not five or three, one game. So they're playing better baseball, but still the results are the results. The stats are the stats, the standings are the standings, and they have made some ground, but they're still like four games back. I want to say of that last wild card spot. So they're going to have to keep winning games. And even if they get a hold of a wild card spot, they might not keep that, right? So they're going to have to play really good baseball, bottom line, the rest of the year, I'd imagine, uh, over 600 baseball. And this is a good start to it. You know, they're, they're playing better baseball. Um, you know, offensively today, tremendous, tremendous performance. I mean, right out of the gate, Hassan Kim goes deep. And that was his 15th home run of the year. Soto in the third hits a 449-foot bomb second deck his 23rd home run of the year. He hits two home runs yesterday, a home run today. And in August, his OPS is like insane in his career. It's over, I think, 1,200. And he's continuing that trend here in the month of August. So hopefully that continues for Juan. Uh, Gary Sanchez, he had his first home run of the day in the top of the six, made it 4-1. Gary hit his second home run of the day in the ninth inning, made it 5-1. Tatis, his 100th career home run, which was Hit pretty well. Uh, almost went foul, but it was fair. That's all that matters. That made it 8-1. There was some more insurance added on. 
uh, Crony and Gary came through with some more hits. And the Padres, they end up winning this one today, 11-1. to And we should not expect this from the Padres every day, right? This is Colorado. It's a little bit different of a circumstance, obviously. And it's right after the deadline. So the Rockies, they're not as good of a team as they were, obviously, before the deadline. But it's still encouraging, right? They still have the talent. We know they have the talent in there to produce games like this. Maybe if this was at Petco Park, maybe they score seven runs instead of 11. I don't know. Um, but some of those balls were still going to be home runs at Petco Park, it, you know, if the, if the games this series were, were at Petco, you know. So I'm seeing some encouraging signs, but as I said in my post-game reaction, I still am going to hold the belief that I don't think this team's going to go all the way. You know, I, I just don't see that this year with this Padres team. But that's me. It's not really me reacting to today's game. Um, and, oh, Scott Barlow pitched great. It, it, me, with that opinion, it's me not seeing how these new guys are going to fit into this Padres team. And it's me seeing the close games that they have lost this season and being winless in extra inning games and the sample size again, right? They're playing better baseball as of late, but the sample size overall this season tells me that this team is not going to go all the way. Now they could make the postseason, but I just don't see them going all the way. But you could also say if they make the postseason, Ben, they're going to be playing really good baseball. And that's all that matters as you head into that stretch there at the end of the year and going into the postseason. the hot team is the team that goes and wins the world series. So um, you know, if they make the postseason, then I think that they could go all the way. But as of now, if this makes sense, I just don't believe that they will. Uh, it's it's kind of like you got to prove me wrong, right? And until you prove me wrong, I'm right, right? At the beginning of the year, I know it's weird because at the beginning of the year, I believed in the team. It's early, blah, 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 right? And then they didn't turn it around. And then I flipped my viewpoint. This team should sell. I don't believe in them. So maybe they're going to make me flip my view, my viewpoint again because things do change, right? We're allowed to change our opinions. We're allowed to change uh, based on evidence, right? I could switch right back to where I was at the beginning of the year thinking that this team could go all the way. But as of now, I'm, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon thinking that this team's going to you know, go to the World Series all of a sudden because they have a good series against the Colorado Rockies. Um, it, it wasn't that long of a time ago where they lost that series to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, earlier this year, they've lost series to the Royals, went two and seven in a stretch against the Nationals, Pirates, and Reds, right? So it, it's kind of like, prove me wrong, right? But these last couple games, really this series overall, it was a good series. Today they win 11-1. Yesterday they win 8-5. Monday it was a really disappointing ending to that game. Um, but at the end of the day, they won the series and that's what they need to keep doing. They got to keep winning series. They're not going to win every series the rest of the way. That's an unrealistic expectation, but they've got to win more than they lose for sure. And they, I, I still maintain this thought. They're going to have to go on a winning streak at some point. You know, it's not going to be, um, I don't think because like I said, they're not going to take two out of three the rest of the way in every series or three out of four against the Dodgers this weekend. They're not going to take three out of four. I don't see that happening the rest of the way this season. So the win streak, it's going to have to come. The big run in them, it's going to have to come to offset what 
they did at the beginning of this season, the first 100-plus games, and some of the series losses that they will have. Because it's not like it's the easiest schedule here the rest of the way. And even if it was an easier easier schedule, I put that in quotes, air quotes, if it was an easier schedule, they might not even do that good. They might do worse with an easier schedule. So maybe it's a good thing. But it's still tough teams coming up. Um, and they're just going to have to keep playing good baseball. That's that's what it is at the end of the day. Um, I did want to discuss some of the moves here that the Padres made before this game. They were interesting. Definitely. They, they were interesting for sure. So I'll get to those moves here after this quick break. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. Okay, so on Wednesday before this series finale against the Colorado Rockies, we knew that moves were going to be coming. The Padres had to make room for Scott Barlow, G-Man Choi, and Garrett Cooper. Those guys ended up being on the bench, and then Rich Hill will end up being activated when he starts his next or his first time with the Padres, right? You don't want to have a spot be open or, you know, leave a spot open for him, take up a roster spot while he's not going to pitch until probably sometime during the Dodgers series, right? So he, I think he went to San Diego. The other guys came to Colorado. And in order to make room for those guys, some guys had to be moved. Some guys had to be sent down, taken off the active 26 man roster. And some of the moves were interesting. Definitely a couple guys that remained on the roster were interesting to me. And I'll get to those here in a second. So here's what happened. So Choi, Cooper, Barlow, they get activated. And Ray Kerr, he gets activated. Tim Hill goes on the IL. So Kerr replacing Tim Hill, right? Tim Hill sprained left ring finger. Hill put on the 15-day IL. Brett Sullivan was optioned, which makes sense because you're adding Choi, you're adding Cooper, guys that can DH. And so that means that Campy can just be the backup catcher or Sanchez can just be the backup catcher instead of having to be in the lineup every day. So, okay, I can see why Soli was optioned. Brent Honeywell was DFA'd, and some say, why Honeywell over Garcia? I, I think the answer is the Padres just believe in Luis Garcia turning it around more than they do in Brent Honeywell. Because both are, I believe, would be free agents at the end of the year. Because uh, Honeywell signed on, I think it was a minor league deal. It might, it might have been a major league deal, but I think it was a one-year contract. Luis Garcia, he's a free agent at the end of the season. So they're in the same like contract situation. Garcia is making more money, I believe, because his was an actual like, two-year major league deal when he came here. Um, but I think they believe in Garcia's upside, his talent. They think he'll turn it around more than Brent Honeywell. The two moves I didn't get, or the two players staying on the roster that I didn't get, Matt Carpenter staying on the roster and Pedro Avila. Let's get with let's let's start with Matt Carpenter first. Matt Carpenter, he's hitting under 180 this season. He plays first base. He plays DH. Right? What did the Padres just acquire at the deadline? A couple first basemen and guys that can DH as well. And they already have Jake Cronworth who can play first base and can DH if you absolutely need him to, right? So why is Matt Carpenter continuing to be on this roster? Is it because of the contract? I think Peter Seidler can afford to cut bait and, and pay for the contract. He's paying for Eric Cosmer's contract right now, right? 
The Padres don't have a fourth outfielder. You can say it's Matthew Batten, but we know that he is an infielder. So why, why not bring up someone like Ben Gamble or Taylor Colway to be the fourth outfielder so you actually have someone that can go in if, I don't know, Grish gets hurt and you need a corner outfielder, someone that can play the outfield, like outfield is their main position. Bring someone up to do that and DFA Matt Carpenter. Get Matt Carpenter off the team because he's not serving a purpose other than like Austin Nola was serving a purpose when he wasn't playing in meetings, I guess, which we don't see. It's not an impact on the field, him physically being on the field. He's not getting that bat. He looks like a coach down there getting paid millions of dollars to watch baseball. Got to be a cool gig, right? Um, so that don't understand why Matt Carpenter's still on the roster. And Pedro Avila, he just threw over 80 pitches in the second game of that Colorado series. So why keep him on the roster when you could continue to have Brent Honeywell on the roster instead of DFAing him? Why keep him on the roster when he's not going to be available at least until at some point this weekend, right? Because he threw over 80 pitches. And I believe Pedro Avila still has one option remaining. So you can use that option there. I don't understand keeping Avila on the roster. You're wasting a roster spot for a few days and in, in days that you probably need to win, right? You're in a wild card race. Matt Carpenter, when's the last time he played? When's the last time he hit a home run, right? He's not bringing anything on the field physically to this club. You just got a first baseman and DH, two guys that can play both. Crony can do that. Why is he on the roster still? So those two moves, or those two players continuing to be on the roster, that doesn't make sense. Maybe they make a roster move before the Dodgers series coming up this weekend, before Friday's game, or sometime during the weekend. But that was kind of weird. I, I found that weird that those guys stayed on the roster. You know, Matt Carpenter continuing to survive, continuing to survive. It reminds me of Austin Nola. He continued to survive there for a little bit, and then ultimately they ended up, you know, taking him off when Campy returned. But yeah, that was that was weird to me. All right, now that I got that off of my chest, Tuesday's game, Padres win this one 8-5. to five. Pedro Avila, four innings of work, over 80 pitches, like I just said. Three walks, seven punch outs, an earned run, five hits. Stranded the bases loaded in the first. First inning there, I was like, okay, wow. Bases loaded? This ain't looking good. But he got out of it. Allowed one run only, so limited the damage, like Ray Kerr was able to limit the damage today. Stranded runners on first and second in the second inning there. And it was valuable because it saved some of the bullpen for today. And you just weren't expecting a whole lot from Pedro Avila. So the fact that he gave four innings and gave up one run, you know, I'm taking that every day of the week from Pedro Avila. Top of the fifth, Padres, they get a run on a ground out. With the bases loaded, Soto then hits that three-run home run, which was to dead center. He then hits another home run later in the ballgame, also to center. That one was in the eighth. That made it 6-4. Soto entering Tuesday's game, I think a 1,021 OPS in the month of August in his career. Best OPS among any month. So if that continues, I see the Padres continuing to win some games. Because Juan Soto, I know he can't do it himself, but he's one of the big hitters in this lineup. And if he can continue doing this, their chances of winning, their run production, scoring runs, it goes up. He, he provides a very 
a big positive impact to this team when he's going on well there. Um, in the seventh, so you know the Rockies, they ended up getting back in this game. It was 5-4 after Stephen Wilson allowed that home run. Honeywell allowed a couple runners. Obviously gets DFA'd uh, the morning after. Uh, but Soto, that home run, right, in the eighth game insurance. Grish, Kim, they come through with RBI singles, makes it 8-4 to four Padres. And Colorado, they added a run. Hater had to be brought in, so that was not the most ideal thing. But it wasn't the end of the world because he didn't pitch the night before. And even if he pitched today, it was going to be okay because there was a day off between the Dodgers series and the Rockies series on Thursday. So it wasn't you obviously wish that Hayter didn't pitch, but looking back at it now, it's kind of like it's good that he did pitch because he got some work. You know, he's, he's not going to be sitting there for four days or whatever it was going to be if he didn't pitch yesterday. Because if the same thing happened today, obviously they probably wouldn't have pitched him because it's a blowout, right? So Padres win yesterday, eight to five. Um, you know, what I got out of yesterday was definitely Juan Soto. He is locked in and you got that out of him today as well. That was one of the takeaways from today's game as well. Same thing with Gary Sanchez with a couple home runs that he had today. Um, and another takeaway today obviously was the pitching, like I mentioned earlier. So last couple games of this series were really encouraging. Um, a combined 19 runs in the last two games of this series. But that's the Padres for you, right? Really disappointing loss in game one of the series. Then they come up with two really great offensive performances. They look like the best offensive team on planet Earth. Now what are they going to do when they come back home and they have to face the Dodgers? Because obviously we know the Dodgers, they're better than the Colorado Rockies are. So it's about consistency, you know, if they, if they split this Dodger series, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be pissed off. I guess it probably depends on how the games play out. Uh, but taking three out of four would definitely instill more confidence in the fan base, I think, and instill more confidence in myself. Um, I'm not even going to talk about possibly four out of four because that's not going to happen. I, I just don't see that happening. Okay, so those were the first two games, but right before the deadline – Right, We didn't know the moves the Padres were making. Were they going to just stand pat after Monday night's loss? Because they didn't deserve to win that game, and so maybe they didn't deserve to be buyers. But Peter, AJ, they have faith in this team, so they were going to buy. And we can get to the deadline, more deadline talk in a little bit. But on Monday, I mean, no doubt about it, it was a disappointing loss for sure. It may have been, was it the worst loss of the year? Maybe some people in the comments will think of some other games. I know... Uh, giving up that home run right to Mookie Betts and the, the Dodgers go win in extras on Sunday night baseball. That sucked because that started, you know, ever since then, like the Padres, they really struggled to be consistent, right? The whole Kershaw meme thing after they won, then they didn't win the rest of the series. I believe uh, I could point to like the Reds game was the first game of that red series in Cincinnati where they get a lead and then they choke it. They get a lead, they choke it. They get a lead, and then the Reds go and walk it off. Uh, there was the Kansas City Royals series finale at home where Grish struck out, I remember, with was it the bases loaded. I forget if it was the bases loaded or not. There was that game, losing that series to the freaking Royals um, when Scott Barlow was on the other side of things, obviously. He was on the winning side in that series. There was the recent game. was It was the Pirates, right, 
where it was a similar situation. Padres, they bait you back in. They tease you. Oh, maybe they're going to come back and win this game. Be a good series win. But then Grish ends up striking out. I think Colway, it was either Colway or Batten. He was a pinch hitter before Grish. I think he popped up. That was when Soto was available off the bench. They were going to give him a day off. And they had him pinch hit. He walks. And they couldn't end up winning that game. They scored a run. They lose by one. So my point, obviously, there's been some painful losses, but Monday for sure was up there because of the opportunities they had. There's the wrong, the long rain delay. It was such a long night. It was such a long night for me personally because uh, maybe some can't relate because they didn't watch the U.S. Women's National Team live, but I'm just a huge U.S. Women's National Team fan. Um, and obviously the World Cup's on now, huge Padres fan, so I'm watching everything. Um, and there, there's some wave connections because I work with the wave and Gurma Morgan, they play for the wave. So I'm obviously rooting them on. So I'm staying up all night. There's the rain delay, which is over an hour. Then there's the game, which felt like it took five hours to complete. Then there's like an hour. I'm not going to go take a nap. There's like an hour. So I work out then. And before the U S women's national team starts, watch that. I am uh, both of those games were painful to watch because the Padres, they lose that game, obviously. And then the U S they can't score a goal against Portugal. And they were literally inches away from losing in the group stage. Thank goodness for that post uh, that saved them. Um, I gave a reaction to that game in uh, on what was that Tuesday morning at like two 30 in the morning after that game ended. So you can go back and look at the playlist, go to standing a wave on the YouTube channel. You'll see that reaction there. But yeah, it was a long night. And uh, Lugo got the start. It was huge that he went seven innings. It was. Because you didn't know what was coming later in the series. Right? And just giving the bullpen a little bit more rest. It, it's huge. Uh, seven innings for Lugo. Five hits allowed. Three runs. Nine punch outs. Three walks. He had two walks uh, in the seventh inning. Padres, they gave Lugo a lead. Top of the fourth. Crony had an RBI single to center. Um, there was, you know, what what part of what was so maddening about Monday was because they did have that lead, and then Lugo fumbled that grounder, threw it to Bogey. It was a bad throw. Bogey drops it. Could have been a double play. He gets it out later in the inning. Could have been out of the inning. They end up giving up two runs there. I believe the Rockies took a two to one lead at that point. So it was like, okay, there's one mistake that you're going to have to overcome. Montero was the one that got the double. Then in the sixth, Ryan McMahon, who's like now the new Charlie Blackman, just he's he, it's his turn to torment the Padres for the remainder of his Rockies career. McMahon homers, three run, three to one Rockies, batten singles on a ground ball to center. Crony scores, makes it three, two. So they're in it, but it felt like the game was over especially after Juan Soto, he is the game-tying run. And Matt Williams, I think it was in the seventh inning, right? No, eighth, top of the eighth. Soto's the game-tying run. He's on second. Single to center. The center fielder hadn't even, or excuse me, Soto hadn't even gotten to third. The center fielder already had fielded the ball. 
And Matt Williams sends Juan Soto. There was no stop sign that I saw. If there was a stop sign again, as I've said earlier on this channel, Matt Williams would have been farther down the line. At least that's what I would have done. Be farther down the line so Soto can visually see you saying stop, 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 hold, hold, hold. Right? There wasn't that. Williams was standing right by third base, and Soto just kept going. Head down, kept going. So I assume Williams was the one that sent him. And Bomel, I think, confirmed that in the post-game press conference. Soto obviously gets thrown out by a million feet. And it's like, what are you doing? Why is Matt Williams sending Juan Soto there? Is he watching the same game that we are? Again, Soto was not even at third base at that point when Matt Williams decides to send him. And he wasn't at third base when the center fielder already had the ball. And Bomel, I think, decided or tried to explain it away like, oh, the rain, maybe he makes a bad throw, slippery, all that. Grish had some trouble getting to a ball earlier in the game, you know. But I think you got to have some feel there. You'd have a runner on third there in the eighth inning down by one. Take your chances with that instead of sending Juan Soto, who's not Fernando. Like, let's not act like this guy's Flash, whoever that dude is. Um, and it, it's just, it was just a bad decision. It was just so stupid. And so it's like, okay, so Lugo, the Bogarts thing, right? Then the base running, sending him. Then Grish miraculously has the home run to tie it up. And in the 10th inning, Padres have the bases loaded. Bases are loaded with nobody out. Maybe we shouldn't have been surprised by what happened. They don't score a run with the bases loaded and nobody out in the 10th inning. Soto gets on. Manny gets on. Not hard hit balls. Uh, Bogarts grounds out to second. Like infield in, like that's the one place you can't hit it. And that's where he hits it. Brad Hand comes into the game. Left on left matchup with Crony. Crony lines out. You can't do anything about it, but again, the results are the results. That's all that matters here. Gary Sanchez rolls over, grounds out. Rockies, they get to go walk it off in the 10th inning on a sack fly. And Manny, in the 10th inning, by the way, bottom 10, Manny ends up dropping or tagging a guy. He would have been out, right? He ends up dropping that ball, and that runner, I believe, was the one that ended up scoring. Or actually, did he end up scoring or... Yeah, yeah, Brenton Doyle. He was the one that ended up scoring. He's the guy that was at third base on that play. So it was just so many opportunities that the Padres had to not mess up, to not F up. And that's what they did on Monday. So maybe it's that thought in my head where it's just like, yeah, it's hard to fully get behind this team and believe that this team is uh, back after a series against the Rockies. Haven't even seen Garrett Cooper, G-Man Choi, what they're going to do with the Padres. I want to see them do it against the Dodgers. I want to see them do it for the month of August. Have a winning record in the month of August. You know, get over 500. Be right there in the wild card race instead of being, what, like four games back, whatever they are now. Like, have a bigger sample size. And then I can start to buy in. But now... I'm still going to hold the same opinion that I, I just don't see this team going all the way. And 
it's going to be really tough for this team to make the postseason. I see Carter in here. What's okay. up, Carter? Any Padres thoughts? What about, uh, you know, we're hitting on, or I was hitting on Monday's game. Was that, do you think, like the worst loss of the season so far? It's up there for sure. You know, because that Royal Series I'd mentioned to you about was probably the worst. I mean, before I talk about anything, thanks for having me again. Yeah. And, um, sorry I talk a lot, but um, I think this was a good series for us just to show who we are. But I thought, I don't know, I thought taking two out of three was good, especially being the Rockies. But I heard that, um, I'm sure you heard about this, but I heard that Fernando hit like his, uh, his uh, was his 100th career home run? Yeah, his 100th career home run. And I did want to mention that. So he is the, what did they say, the fourth? I, I have it here. The fourth fastest player to get to 100 home runs behind Ryan Howard, Pete Alonso, and Gary Sanchez. So, wow. And that was when Gary was obviously playing really well with the Yankees. And I'm seeing flashes of that here with the Padres with Gary. But yeah. And obviously, in the comments, you know, when I post the video of Tatis going deep or Major League Baseball posts the video of Tatis going deep, there's all like, Oh, well, he was on steroids for half of those or whatever. <laughs> yep. um, you know, just just fans wanting to be trolls. But, yeah, we know he's a really talented player. And, I don't know, my mind just always goes back to, I know this is random, but just back to last year, what if Tatis was healthy? What would have happened last year? Um, you know, getting eliminated in the, in the NLCS. He's He's someone that should probably get some MVP votes if he continues playing like this this year. Will he? Absolutely. Don't know about that because, you know, there's some voters that um, obviously are going to hold that grudge against Tatis and they're going to keep penalizing him, even though he's not cheating this year. Uh, that's mm -hmm. just the way it goes. But, yeah, he's having a phenomenal year so far. Um, I was going to ask you, what do you think of the – I'm sure you've gotten this asked before, but – um. What do you think of the moves we made it during the deadline? I thought it was a W. I thought getting Scott Barlow was awesome, dude. Yeah. He yeah. dominated Pedro. today, too. Yeah. Pedro, I see you, so I'll get to you here in a minute. Um, yeah, the, the deadline moves, I think I'm someone that wanted this team to sell. I didn't think it was the smartest thing to keep Snell, keep Hader. You know, they could have got a good amount back for those guys. I wasn't someone that wanted to trade Soto, but – I thought it was smartest to keep those guys. You still have a talented roster, even without those guys, and you see what happens. But knowing that they weren't going to sell, and I thought that they did a good job. You know, standing pat doesn't help the Padres win. So improve on the margins. Don't go trade your top five prospects. They didn't do that, right? I was okay with them parting with Ryan Weathers, Jackson Wolf, whatever. We'll see what that 18-year-old or not even 18-year-old ends up being there who uh, I think he was playing in rookie ball, uh, Suero. We'll see what he ends up being. Um, but I, I thought, you know, you improve the bullpen depth and you get a replacement for Josh Hader because I don't see him coming back after next year's, next season. So Scott Barlow, I mean, he pitched really well today. And uh, hopefully Niebla can help him out and be more consistent, get back to how he was pitching in 21 and 22 with the Royals. You add 
some bench depth, um, some bats that should be on the roster the rest of the year and should be replacing Matt Carpenter. Don't know why Matt Carpenter is still on the freaking roster. Um, but uh, yeah, G-Man Choi, like he doesn't have a big sample size this year, but I was looking at some of the barrel rates and that's encouraging. He can play first, can play uh, obviously DH and same thing with Garrett Cooper. And he got, it wasn't just a lefty. He got a righty as well. And this allows uh, Gary or Campy to be the backup catcher and not have to tax themselves every day being the lineup. Um, so yeah. And you can just ride the catcher that's hot at the plate. Um, or you can just go the matchups where Snell Musgrove, they like catching to a certain, they, they like throwing to a certain guy and the others can go to Campy that can give rest to guys instead of fully taxing someone if they're playing really well. So, uh, yeah, I think that the moves were solid and we'll see what that one prospect that they got back along with Garrett Cooper ends up being, uh, I think he throws upper nineties and, uh, used to be a position player. So we'll see how that happens, uh, how he develops and how he ends up doing in AAA. But they did what they should have done, you know, improve on the margins, not go, you didn't have to go take on the Verlander contract or make a huge trade like that. This team, I don't think, deserves that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's the smartest thing to do. But yeah, just improve on the margins. You know, you gave a little bit of a boost, I think, to the clubhouse, but it also sends a message like, it's on the players that are already in that clubhouse. Like, sure, Rich Hill with starting pitching depth and the the batters and Barlow. Sure, they can help the team. They'll probably help the team. But, you know, the stars are the ones that are going to carry this team to the postseason. The guys that are already in the rotation, that's going to carry them to the postseason. Suarez and Hayter and Wilson and Cosgrove, like the, the, the bulk guys, the bulk of the back end of that bullpen, right? Those guys are going to carry them to the postseason. So, yeah. you know. I, I thought it was a positive deadline. You know, Preller, he, he wasn't stupid. He wasn't stupid. Yeah. He did a good job. Yeah, for sure. All um, right, anything else, Carter? Yeah, one more thing. Sorry. Yeah. I'm talking a lot. I feel kind of bad, Ben. No, you're good. Um, I think I, I heard that we designated Honeywell for assignment. So I think instead of designating him for assignment, I think we should have designated what's his, uh, Garcia. Or carpenter or whatever. But. Yeah, you're not the only person that thinks yeah. that. Yeah. Um, because Garcia, obviously, I think, you know, obviously recency bias is there too. Both guys aren't pitching that great. I mean, Garcia, I saw in Kevin AC's newsletter this morning, since June 11th, he has a 6-2-3 ERA. Oh, my god! And that's before – well, he didn't give up any runs today, but um, that was before he loaded the bases again today. So, yeah, he's he hasn't been good. Honeywell, I forget the numbers on that, but – AC did post that, but he's off the roster, so whatever. Um, I, I think it just comes down to who do the Padres believe in more? Because I think both are would be free agents at the end of the year anyway. So who do they believe in more? And I guess they're going to go with Luis Garcia over Brent Honeywell. I think I think both could have been kept, to be honest, because Pedro Avila could have just been taken off the roster because he threw over 80 pitches yesterday. So just send him back down. He has an option. Uh, that didn't make sense yeah. to keep him on the roster, but that that's what they did. Yep. All right. Thanks so much, Carter. Appreciate yeah, you. Thanks for having me again. Of course. See ya. All right. We got Pedro just going in line here with who joined Matt. I'll get to you here in a little bit. Pedro, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? I'll keep it short and simple. Uh, hey, nice seeing you again. And uh, hope, hopefully your, your mental health's doing good out there. Everybody, at, at least I got kids and 
I was a little league coach, so for like the first half of the season, I was kind of distracted. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to pay attention, and I was like blaming Bob Melvin, which I still blame <laughs> him, but uh, we're stuck with him. So, but I'm like kind of back to your guys's point right there. I'm like, he he did what he did what everyone was kind of complaining, like the bottom of the order, uh, the bullpen, the the relief help, and this. Uh, What's the name of this Royals guy? The Barlow. Yeah, the Scott hater, Barlow. It's haters lookalike, his little brother. <laughs> yeah, some people are saying Clevenger, some people hater. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I could see that. But hey, but uh, Clevenger's on a whole other level over there. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like, hey, if these guys, like, we haven't, like you said, we haven't seen what G Man Choi and Cooper can do, but isn't it Cooper? He was an all star last year. So they're bringing yep. something to the table. G Man Choi has that playoff experience with the Rays on those teams with Snell. Yep. So, you know, if they just produce this guy, just what he hit a bomb in the pirate series. Uh, so, you know, if they, if they just contribute a little and then these guys, you know, wake up the, the bats are waking up on that top, the top of the order there, you know, it's starting to look like, you know, the pa- same old Padres, they start off slow. I don't know if, if everyone's like, uh, I'm an ex chargers fan, but sometimes, yep. The Chargers would start off uh, super hot. They'd go undefeated, get the number one seed, and then flame out where the Padres are the opposite. They're like kind of these last couple of years, they kind of struggle for whatever reason. I'm thinking it's internal, but no one's going to say that. Like no one's going to say, oh, these superstars are beefing with each other or XYZ Bogarts and Machado are uh fighting for supremacy like as the clubhouse leader because bogart's got the resume yeah machado's got the the you know his stat resume he's gold glove you know yada 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 he's on pace for what 500 homers three maybe well they're both on pace for 300 3, hit so but i'm kind of i'm feeling i'm feeling like we're back we're back and uh if we i'm thinking hey the Dodgers don't scare me, and we got we got lucky there that that with the Erod guy denied the trade because he yep. prefers the the East Coast. Man, that was like wow! Like if they got that guy, then I'd be kind of scared of the Dodgers. But uh, it's the same old same old with the Dodgers. They're waiting on Otani, and they're gonna flame out Kershaw. You know he's gonna have something with his back, <laughs> and they're gonna have to rely on those young dudes. Man, we're back. We we just gotta. I'm not saying we're gonna sweep them, but I did say in the comments I smell a sweep. But uh, hey, if we can make a statement, trim trim the fat off the lead of this wild card and, and the the division lead. The it looks like the Diamondbacks and the the Giants are kind of coming back to reality a little, or or at least where we could catch them. And uh, it looks like we're getting hot or warm at the right time, and we'll see if this little additions kind of help us, but. It looks like Preller's off the hook, and it's up to me. It's up to Bob Melvin to steer the ship in the right direction, and we'll see if uh, he lives up to the billing where he's like, you know, where if he retires, was he got one more year on his contract? Yeah, Bob one more, one more after this year. Yeah. yeah. So hey, I'm 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 not a Bob Melvin hater. I just feel like he could have done a little more, like kind of like Phil Jackson, some type of guru shit. To sorry for the language, like to get these guys a kumbaya and like, hey, put your egos to the side, and because I feel like that's what it was. Like Soto, don't you remember Soto kind of made a comment in the spring training, like something about we're worried about 
the money or something? Do you remember that? I forget about no, I, I forget or maybe was that like right before the WBC or something where they were something talking like that, about right? remember so he, kind of made, he made like a little comment like that and then he's made these like little uh like the all-star comments where he had to fly back with the Phillies. Yeah. So like I feel like it's all like not just him, maybe it's like Boris like giving him a script, like, hey, this is what you gotta say if you because they probably have their exit strategy, like, hey, if this flames out. Let's try to put the white flag out there. So, hey, if you uh, someone gives enough prospects, you can kind of get traded. But it looks like they're they're steering the ship in the right direction, and we'll just see if those additions. I like I like the way it feels different, right? It feels like kind of yeah, for sure something feels different. But I want to leave it at that, and uh, hopefully, there's a little strong playoff push, and maybe we take three out of four with the Dodgers. Can I get that out of you? I, I, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, I'm liking – look, I'm liking where – yeah, I agree with you about the Dodgers. Like, the Dodgers on our team – They don't scare me, right? Scare they me. Scare yeah, me. they don't scare me. And I think it's easier to – it's easier to convince myself yeah. to say three out of four now with the additions that they have made. Yeah. And they are playing better. Yeah. Because uh, forget me if I'm wrong, but well, we the, were last, the last Dodger series, yeah. they weren't playing that good. And yeah, oh yeah, I give you that. Yeah, and obviously it was early in the year, and we were thinking like it's early, or at least I was, and having yeah, that excuse. Yeah. But no, like it it does feel like they're playing better. They have a better roster, I think, with these additions. Um, and I think they're feeling good. Obviously, going into this off day, and then going into the yeah. series against the Dodgers, and um, yeah, it's I, I'm I'm not thinking about the division. I'm. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just thinking get in the playoffs, but I'm saying it's within reach. Right. If you, if you get like super hot and because uh, with the last, if you, if you start counting right now, we got 20 games remaining with uh, those top three uh, the West guys, not counting the Rockies. And if you handle your business, you should be easily take the division. If, if you are what we say we are, we're like, you know, a superstar loaded team. And, and that's why I was like, how could they sell when Soto's in control? You're not, I don't think Soto's in the science. It's going to be almost like a, I don't know, in the in the early 90s when we had Sheffield, McGriff, and, you know, shouts out to McGriff. He, uh, I think he looks best in the Padres uniform. And he kind of went in uh, incognito there with no. Yeah, uh, no, no hat, right? Yeah. No team. So that's kind of like a shout out, I think, to the Padres maybe because, uh, you know, he kind of, contributed a little there where he was an all-star and everything but i think it's soto's i think he's two and out like the two and a half years we we're getting with them for some reason i think it's almost like that erod guy for whatever reason he prefers the east coast like it's closer to uh i myself and i'm mexican and puerto rican and you know when you're kind of close to your peoples like i kind of get it you're, there's no puerto rican or uh Dominican uh, culture on the West Coast, and when you're on that East Coast, it's like all day, every day. It's like whether you're New York City, Washington D.C., Miami, Florida. Yeah, uh, what I, what I'd say with the Soto stuff, like yeah, right now, if I had to give you an answer, do I think he comes back or not? I would say no, unless I, I think unless part of that two, two out of I'm two not, championships or something like crazy. Yeah, and he's like, I'm oh, not, we're we're clicking. Right, I'm not super bought into the fact that he yeah. wants to be here yeah right um, he goes or something whatever i don't know what yeah. it is yeah yeah and i think 
Peter Scyther is going to give him a competitive offer. Like he told, yeah. I think, Marty Caswell, like right when they acquired him, he's yeah. not scared of the $500 million offer to yeah. Soto, to a player and like he, him. He kind of had to work his way back into that talking space. Right. Like, because he kind of fell off for, you know, whatever people want to say. He's kind of getting, I think they mentioned it in the broadcast. I don't know if you heard that. The uh, Or maybe they had it on the Rockies uh, for whatever reason. They had it on the Rock Because sometimes the visitors broadcast they they give you more uh introspect little uh facts on the opposing team and you know the rockies suck so the rockies broadcasters they i think it was uh they said today was 161 and tomorrow's like a year from the date soto was traded yeah. and he has 29 homers he's like on that soto track yep so they were saying like uh he's, getting, he's getting more comfortable for sure he's 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 doing soto soto thing so but I don't know if he's super comfortable for whatever reason. Is it the, the superstars or or the environment or like I and said, for, the, the West yeah. Coast culture kind of like yeah, for when he's when he's done like this contract, this current contract, and he goes into free agency, because I don't see an extension happening. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I don't know if he wants to be here. That's one reason I'd say that I don't think he's gonna come back. Yep. And the money, I mean, Steve Cohen. I don't know if you saw, but like they're gearing up for 2025, 2026. Two, three years. So, I mean, and that's that like lines a, them up for Juan Soto uh, and, and the Mets trending upwards yeah. Him being on the East coast. It lines up for them going all and in he, for Juan Soto. So maybe that's a little scary there. Yeah. And I, I think Peter, he's not going to, I mean, maybe he did it with Bogarts, but, and I guess you could say with judge with the huge offer and Trey Turner, but, is he going to go to the level that Steve Cohen might be willing to go with when Soto reaches for agency or another team like the Giants or the Phillies or the Cubs or shoot the Dodgers just throwing teams out there? Um, are they maybe the Yankees? Is he going to be willing to go to that level? I'm not so sure. And we don't even know the roster could look completely different and yeah. there could be even more guys locked up to contracts. So yeah. it might even be harder by then. So we'll see. But I'm just happy that he's a Padre right now because yeah. he is yeah, swinging the bat we, really well. Hopefully, we just get one championship, and I'm good with that. Like, yeah. So, I mean, but, that's that's why they did it. They did yeah. it to go win this year or last year or next year. So, if they and, do it, then it's worth it for sure. All right, all right, guys. But I feel like we're coming back at it, and uh, we're trending in the right directions. Well, we'll just see how these last what two months kind of shape out to be. But it feels it feels like. Like uh, old times, like we're getting hot in uh, August, September. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope that's how it is. All right, right Pedro, thanks so much, man. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thank you so much for this super chat here from Justin. I hope we save some offense for the Dodgers. Yes, I hope so too. The, there have been some games. I mean, that goes back to the inconsistency of the Padres team so far this season, the big sample size that we do have, right? They – have a huge game like this, 11 runs, or they score 19 runs combined in these two games against the Rockies, but then what do they do the next game? What do they do, you know, just the next series overall? Do they crop the bed? Do they score one run, and then they go back to score seven runs? So, yeah, if this team is back, I think that they will have a good offensive series against the Dodgers. I think that's kind of how we know that this team is back. And I like the situation that the pitching is in. Um, obviously got some reinforcements there at the trade deadline. Probably will get to see Rich Hill at some point during this Dodgers series. So I think it comes down to the offense for the most part. Um, but 
there's a lot of guys that are swinging the bat better. You know, crony crony is one of those guys. And I know people think that I'm too much of a crony fan and I'm always going to back him, even though multiple times this season I have said, yeah, he has sucked. I mean, he has a 91 OPS plus entering today, 222 average, less than 10 home runs, less than 40 RBIs. His OPS is under 700. Like it's definitely not good enough, but I will give him some love because I think he deserves it with the way that he has been hitting as of late. Um, entering today, he had one, two, three, four, five consecutive games with two hits, at least two hits. Um, and if you go back since July 21st, that I think first game in Detroit, he's hitting 324 in his last 10 games. Small sample size, I know, but just looking for the positives, looking for the trends here. Guys are swinging the bat better. We know Manny had a tremendous month of July. We know Crony's swinging the bat a little bit better here as of late. Again, small sample size, but as of late, um, swinging the bat better. Actually, 342. Did I say 342? 342 is his average. Uh, last 11 games, 10 games started entering today. So he's doing much better. 909 OPS in that time frame. Um, you know, Tatis, hopefully this series in Colorado, or this last game, I should say, will get him going. Because he did kind of, he was in a slump there for the last couple weeks, it feels like. But Soto's swinging the bat well. Manny had a fire month of July. Um, Crony better. And we'll see what these these bats can give the Padres, G-Man Choi and Garrett Cooper. I, I'm interested in seeing Garrett Cooper and seeing what he can do. Because obviously, I think Pedro mentioned it. He was an all-star last year in 2022 for the Marlins. And he has a lot of experience. He is in his last year of his contract with the Marlins. So he'll be a free agent at the end of the year, but that means that he does have the experience. Um, not a lot of winning baseball. He was a part of the 2020 Marlins postseason team. So we'll see how he performs in this environment, but he was already on that Marlins team that was in the playoff race before he was dealt. So I don't know how much of a difficulty it will be transitioning. Uh, I think he has family an hour away is what he said to the Miami media yesterday after getting dealt. Um, so I'm excited to see how he does. And obviously G-Man Choi, but I don't know. For some reason, Garrett Cooper just piques my interest a little bit more than G-Man Choi. And it's going to be interesting because if Garrett Cooper starts to hit and Crony hits, do they move Kim to short and they have Bogarts not play sometimes? Because um, Manny's going to be at third. We know that, right? Or if Crony doesn't hit, Crony's going to sit the bench with Bogarts at short, Kim at second, and Cooper at first with maybe Choi DHing. Or will they have Choi and Cooper just pretty much be the DHs? And when a righty's on the mound, Choi is, uh, is getting the DH for the day. And when a lefty is on the mound, Cooper gets the DH just based on the splits. Kind of like Carpenter Cruz to start the year, even though that didn't work out for those guys. Maybe the Padres try to do that again, but with new guys, guys that probably will hopefully, you know, keep fingers crossed. They will perform better than how Carpenter and Cruz did. All right. If you want to join the show, I, I know Matt was in there, but he left. So Matt, if you want to come in, feel free. You can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. Anyone here that wants to talk some Padres baseball. Thank you to Carter and Pedro for joining already. Um, just going through the chat here. Already covered Devin's comment there on Sanchez. 
Matt says, Ben, this is destiny calling. Now I'm more convinced than ever the Braves will be a minor speed bump in the playoffs. Yes, I think the Braves, they're the best team in the National League, probably the best team in baseball. Um, so, yes, they will be tough. I think if we face the, if we end up having to face the Dodgers in a postseason series, I think that will be tough. I think this series this weekend will be tough. But based on maybe I'm letting this series you know, persuade my judgment too much, but I'm more confident in this team now based on this last, these last couple games. And maybe it's the, because of the new additions as well, but I don't think the Padres, at least I'm not, and I'm not playing, so it doesn't matter, but I'm not scared of the Dodgers going into this series, you know, and just like that Dodger Padres series in the postseason, the Padres weren't scared of the Dodgers going in because they were playing really good baseball. So maybe they have the same feeling here. You know, it's a regular season series, but it feels more than that because if the Padres, if the Padres have a terrible series, right, they lose three out of four, that could really hurt. You know, they could find themselves six games back, right? After being four games back, one game under 500, they lose three out of four, you know, now you're what, three games under 500, more time ticking closer to the end of the regular season, losing ground. So it's an important series for sure. Uh, D-Mobile says, yo, Ben, how are we feeling about Barlow? I feel like that's the best move made. Um, I, I think it has the potential to be because Choi and Cooper, maybe they don't play every day. You know, Barlow, he might not play. He's probably not going to pitch every day, right? Like he does need rest. But this could be huge because it's not just this year. Those other moves, there's those guys are free agents at the end of the year. Barlow could really help for next year as well with probably Hader being gone. And he can help extend the bullpen, maybe put a little bit less pressure on other guys in the bullpen, put less pressure on starters to feel like they have to go seven innings, right? Because they have an extra guy that has closing experience in that bullpen. I see Matt in here, so I just want to get to him. I know I had him waiting. so. Matt, what's up, man? Hey, man. I'm just calling to clarify my comment. I said the Braves would be a minor speed bump on our way to the World Series. And I'm not worried about the Braves anymore either. It's already over. It's destiny. It's over. Destiny. We're already, we're already there now. Now now I know why they showed no urgency early on. Now I don't feel any urgency because I already know they're in. I, it may only take 85 wins now with the garbage ahead of them. But once they're in, it's already over. And stop! You lay off a carpenter, will you? What did what did he ever do to you? Look, he's hitting one sixty hey, something. Hey, but don't he, they're keeping him for a reason. If you remember back in early, I know you do. Back in very early April, he fucking cranked one off of Spencer Strider. I think the exit velo might have been three hundred miles oh, an hour. Okay, and they're keeping, so they're saving they're saving yep. him for the postseason this, to face you know, Spencer hey, Strider. That's exactly I, why. Wait okay. a minute. It, Eddie Rosario for the Braves was a scrub the whole year and he carried them in 2021 carried okay. them into that. Don't he only needs one at bat and then you'll change it just like Grisham last year in a, in a wild card. He only needs one at bat. I mean, you're awful hard on him. Even I'm not that negative. And I was Austin Nola from the left side. How are you? How can I be soft on the guy? Because Austin Nola could never turn Spencer Strider around. Well, Austin, Austin Nola can't even hit a baseball. I don't well, even think he, just he had could a hit one off the tee. He just had a walk-off single with El Paso. You see that? Oh, then he might be ready for the big show again. <laughs> <laughs> ha -ha. 
<laughs> hey, look, oh, man. Gosh. I just I just called because seriously for the bullpen. You know, I get jacked for the bull that Royals bullpen. And yeah. to get the Royals bullpen guy to form a Royals bullpen, that showed me everything I need. I mean, if the, if the epiphany had already hit me, but that was the final one. That's it. It's over. It's Herrera. It's uh, those guys I listed, Hoshaver, Herrera, Wade Davis, and Holland. Wilson, oh Wilson Barlow, Suarez, Hater. Guys, I love sounds, it. Yeah. I, it, it five, sounds great. Five and dive, baby. Five and dive. What I what I don't love what I don't love is Matt Carpenter being on the roster still. Oh when they have on. when they have no outfielders on the bench. Okay, okay. That's a that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Last question. You think they took Musgrove out because they looked at the calendar and they're already setting up the playoff scheduling so he can start <laughs> oh game God. one? I mean, I am I mean, all okay. That 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 is that has Bob Nightingale vibes all over it. Did you see him? I don't know if you're on Twitter, but he said that the twins clinched their division already because uh, even though they don't have a great record, the other teams were selling off pieces at the deadline. They were the only team that stood pat. So they've already clinched the division according to him. So I, I don't like getting into that. I mean, we still got two months here. Like let's, let's chillax here. Yeah. You're way too negative, man. I got to, I got to, you just, I, I can't believe that. I, I mean, last time you and I, when we bet, it was Brady Singer on the mound for the Royals against the It's Everything's changed. They finally did all the moves. They finally got rid of the Nola. The only one, I don't know. The Avila thing worries me a little because it could be because they didn't send him down because you got to leave a guy down for 10 days, I think. Oh, so okay. It actually does worry me a little that maybe Musgrove isn't right. I was, just, I was kidding about the thing. But I'm not kidding about, I mean, I'm like the last guy said, uh, Pedro, whatever. I mean, he's, he's he's all he's all in. He's all back. I'm all in. I'm all back. I don't give a shit. I, it's like I said, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and it just it 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 feels different. I know you're guarded. I could tell by your post game reaction. Even you were still guarded, and I get it. I get it. But I was on the other side. Now we flipped, and then maybe we'll flip <laughs> back. Maybe not. But goddamn, I now I want to see Carpenter hit one in the playoffs so bad. Oh, I just want, I mean, I will be on hold for six hours the night he hits that in the playoffs, waiting <laughs> to talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I, I hope he does because hopefully that means that the Padres win that game. That's mustache on mustache crime, too, off of Strider. Yep. Yeah. Hey, All one right. game under 500, Matt. Hey, you're you're I've really already, close to giving that 50. I've already admitted that we, I already, that's already over. All right. I'm just not going to jinx it yet, but it's over. I mean, it's over. That's that thing's over. I mean, I'm ready to bet on whether or not you think we're going to win next year's World Series too. Okay. I mean, oh, I'm boy. I'm already there. I don't even care what happens now. We've got finally got that bullpen. Oh God, I love it. I love it. Anyway, I, lo I, lo the, I love your excitement. I love your excitement. Keep up the good work, brother. All I right, thank you so much. It. I always watch it or listen to it later. If I can't do it live, I always listen to it later. I appreciate you. Yep. All right. See ya. When the Padres are over 500, I'm going to have Matt. I'll give him my PayPal or Venmo or whatever, and he's going to give me that money. Because that we made that bet when I believed in the team and he didn't. And now we've kind of switched spots. <laughs> and so I'm going to benefit on how I used to be optimistic about this team and that, yeah, they're going to turn it around. And now 
I'm sitting on the other side where it's like, I don't think they're going all the way, but I'm still going to get the money from it. And hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully they do end up going all the way. And I don't really hope Matt Carpenter hits the home run because I don't want him on the roster, but you get what I'm saying. Hopefully, yeah, G-Man Choi hits a home run in the postseason and they end up, you know, winning that game. And maybe that sends the Padres into the World Series or something like the Bryce home run against Suarez last year for the Phillies. All right. If you, again, if you want to join the show like Matt just did, he cracks me up. Uh, you can click the link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. Uh, just looking on social media here, Steve Cohen speaking to the media. I'm glad Peter Seidler's not in that spot, you know, selling off. What if he had to, I mean, actually, I mean, I come, I, I kind of would be lying if I said, I I'm glad that he's not in that spot. Cause I wanted Hader and Snell to be gone. Um, but Verlander and Scherzer, those were two different situations. Like, I think my point was stronger on that. Then if I were to have advocated for like Verlander and Scherzer to be traded, if this was like a Mets channel, because Verlander and Scherzer, like the message from the Mets trying to win before what we now know, like they're not trying to until 25, 26, those guys still had another year where Hater and Snell season didn't seem like it was going anywhere. And this was like a week ago. Didn't seem like it was going anywhere. They were the best pitchers available on the market. If they were made available, go get something back. Don't make this year worse, right? I, I thought, you know, it's not like I was saying trade those guys with one more year additional of control like Juan Soto has. I, notice I didn't say trade Juan Soto. Um, so I still am in that camp, but, man, I, I do want to buy into the team for sure. I, I do want to believe. I want to believe that this team can go all the way. I'm just not going to do that yet. I got to see a bigger sample size. Devin says Mets are an absolute disgrace. Yes, going off topic, but I believe the Padres are the better team than the Mets. Well, they are. Yeah, for sure. At least the Padres had some of the expected stuff. They had the run differential in their favor. Well, the Mets, they were just a bad team. Matt in the comments here. I'm just reading these because I'm a, I'm behind by like an hour on these comments. So if you want to make sure, again, if you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, use that super chat button, please, or you can join the show. Uh, by clicking that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. Uh, the Super Chat makes it very easy for me to see your comment, your question, and it supports the channel. Matt asks, is it too early to talk about repeating his World Series champs? Yeah, I think he mentioned that when he was on here. Yes, it's too early, Matt. <laughs> let's not. Let's make the postseason this year first, okay? Um, yeah, Musgrove, I'm seeing the chat here. Yeah, Musgrove probably pitching in the Seattle Series. Maybe the first game of the Seattle Series. Barlow has some interesting slides for sure. Yeah. Uh, what was it? A fish? I think they were fish. That's what I have it on Twitter. So I'll bring it up here. But yeah, it, it was definitely interesting. If he keeps pitching like this, like he did today, where are those? They, they better make a Padre giveaway of these. Look at this. Sorry for the podcast audience, but yeah, these are Scott Barlow's. Uh, this was his footwear today, worn in the Padres clubhouse. He's wearing fish on his feet. They should put a Padre logo on there, sell them in the team store, or use that as like another one of their theme game uh, giveaways. 
if Barlow starts like dominating, I think that would be, you know, you know, they like capitalize on the, the chain there for 2021, even though that didn't work out well. They've capitalized on some of those things. Hey, why not capitalize on this? We'll see what happens there. But yeah, that was that was definitely unexpected to see that pop up on the TV today for sure. Uh, Mills says, typical Padres acquire new relievers and still use Garcia. Well, it was a 10-run game. They won by 10 runs. He didn't give up a run today at the end of the day. And yeah, you're going to use Garcia there. If he gives up a grand slam, guess what? You're up by six. Then you can go to someone else. Like, yeah, you 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 use Luis Garcia there. That's who you use. I agree, Brent. Why is Carpenter still here? Maybe they, they are waiting for that big clutch postseason home run. Have him come off the bench. Be like Kurt Gibson. Uh, Devin asks, are you worried about Tatis? I feel like he's getting very unlucky. Uh, no, I mean, well, if he's getting unlucky, then I, no, I'm not worried because he's hitting the ball hard. He just homered today, 100th home run. No, I'm not worried about him. Uh, and there's slumps that happen throughout the season. Before that slump, he was one of the best Padres players, you know. And he still is this season. If I go to baseball reference here, Baseball reference, you know how it brings up the top players? Tatis is third in war. This is before today's game. And Tatis homer today, so his war is definitely improved from that. Maybe it's at like a four war to now. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Kim's at 5.3, Soto's at 4.4, and Tatis is at 3.8. So no, I'm not worried about him. And he's third best on the team in war, and he missed the first 20 games of the season. He's playing like every day. He's playing good outfield. I'm not worried about him. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boogeyman says, stop being so negative. Negative mindset you have. Well, I mean, come on. I don't think you can give me a ton of crap for that when at the beginning of the year, I was optimistic. I kept being optimistic. Even when the team was showing who they were, I said, hey, they'll turn it around. I still believe in the talent. It's not They're not going to continue playing like this. But the big sample size came, and they kept playing like it, so I changed. And so I'm going to keep that until I see a big sample size, a significant sample size of them playing like we expected them to play going into the season. So I think I'm a I'm not just day in, day one, or, or you know, today negative or positive, tomorrow negative, next day positive. Like I'm consistent for a stretch of time when I see that sample size. So you can be po- I'm not gonna blame you for being positive. You know, after the deadline, they improve the team, have a good last couple games against the Rockies. Like, be positive for sure. And I'm positive off of this series, but I'm just, when I'm looking at the the thing from like the grand view, the whole view, I don't think that this team's going to go all the way. They've got to prove me wrong or, you know, they, they've got to, again, have a bigger sample size. Daniel asked, couldn't Cooper play right field? Yes, he can play right field, but I think he's, Normally, just DH or first base. I'm talking about like, okay, so they brought in Cooper. They brought in Choi, who can do the same thing, but better that Matt Carpenter does, right? And what Matt Carpenter's doing, I could go do. Just sit on the bench and watch baseball. You get paid millions of dollars to do it. Sign me up for that. You get all the first class stuff. Great food, probably. Yeah, sign me up for that. Stretch, maybe hit off the tee a little bit during the game, take batting practice on a major league baseball field. Hey, we could do that. So I'm saying bring in an actual guy. It could be Ben Gamble. It could be Jose Zokar. It could be Taylor Colway. Bring up someone that can be the fourth outfielder, not be someone that's really a DH first baseman that can play the outfield if you need him to, you know? Yeah, that might be why needed 40-man roster spot. That's why Honeywell was DFA'd. But uh, I guess so they did have to DFA someone. Okay, so maybe it was down to Honeywell and Garcia because they didn't want to DFA Pedro Avila. If that's the case, then that does make a little more sense there. Mr. Felimex. 
I'm just going through the chat here. Yeah, Charlie asked, why do we DFA Cruz and not DFA Carpenter? Carpenter has the bigger contract. And Cruz was like exclusively a DH, where Carpenter, if you need him to, he can go play some first base. I think they gave a longer leash to Carpenter because it's, it, he wasn't signed to a one-year, $1 million deal like Nelly was. And he's a little bit younger. Not a lot. He's like 37, but Cruz was 42. And the Padres just brought in a 43-year-old. Um, Steven says, Alfaro now and then would get clutch hits, but overall he wasn't a consistent hitter and not the greatest catcher. Choi can play first okay, but injury-prone and low batting average. Is that... Did someone comment on Alfaro, like, wanting to have Jorge Alfaro? Because I think he was just DFA'd, I think, by the Red Sox. Could be wrong on that. I think by the Red Sox. Uh, but... I don't think he fits. I mean, they have Campy, they have Gary at the big league level, they have Sullivan, they have Nola. I don't know if they have Web Webster Rivas still in, in the system, but they have options. They, I think they have plenty of options at the catching position. I'm fine with it. I don't think you need to bring in Jorge Alfaro. And it's not like he'd be on the big league roster right now. Dylan says, oh, this is... <laughs> Uh, this entire chat has more war than Matt Carpenter does this year. Yikes. I mean, it's true, I think. Let me double check. Just to be fair to Matt Carpenter. Yeah, negative 0.6 war. So, yeah, you have a zero war. We have a higher war. All of us, we all have a higher war than Matt Carpenter does this year for the San Diego Padres. And he's still on the roster when the Padres could use another outfielder to, you know, be the fourth outfielder. All right, quick break, and then I'll get to some San Diego sports stuff and the rest of the chat. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best Ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. 
Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. Okay, so getting to some San Diego sports stuff, I'll get back to the chat here. The San Diego Loyal, just teeing up what's going to happen this weekend. San Diego Loyal, they host Orange County on Saturday at home at Torero Stadium at 7 p.m. San Diego Wave, they are playing a few hours before that. They host Angel City Saturday, August 5th at 4.30 p.m. I think this is the last Challenge Cup match for the San Diego Wave, and then August 19th against Gotham at home as well. They will resume the regular season play. Um, and at the same time on Saturday, Padres and Dodgers will be happening. Or, you know, when the, I believe, second half of the Wave match is happening. So LA teams coming to San Diego, or Southern California teams, I guess I should say, coming to San Diego. So it should be a fun weekend. Padres, Dodgers, Loyal playing on Saturday, Wave playing on Saturday, U.S. Women's National Team, they play on Sunday morning at like 2 a.m., so I'll be up for that one. Um, and let's just preview. I'll do a quick preview here of the Padres and Dodgers series. The Dodgers, it's going to be a tough test. I don't think that – I know I said – I'm not scared of the Dodgers and maybe I'm just being swayed based on these last couple games and the additions that the Padres made, but I don't know. That's just the way that I feel. I'm not scared of the Dodgers coming in here. Uh, maybe it's because I believe they're a less talented team than they were last season in the regular season when they came to town. Um, but you know, the Dodgers, they're still a really good baseball team. Okay. Like let's get, I want to get that straight. They're 60 and 45. They have a plus 92 run differential. The Padres have a plus 75 run differential. Padres are one game under 500, four games back of a playoff spot, while the Dodgers, 15 games over 500, comfortably in a playoff spot. So there's differences between this Padres and Dodgers teams, right? Um, Dodgers, they did make some additions at the trade deadline. They acquired Lance Lynn, Ryan Yarbrough, Kike Hernandez. They brought him uh, back. They brought back Joe Kelly as well. I believe that was in that Lance Lynn deal. Could be forgetting some other moves that they made. But they did, it seemed like the Padres, kind of acquire more depth, improve a little bit on the margins. They, they're not a team that is like going all in on this season, right? They didn't make like a Max Scherzer trade like they did in 2021 where they acquired Max and Trey Turner. They didn't do that. Obviously, going into the season, they were not putting their full effort towards winning this year. They're saving money for Otani, right? They think that they can land Otani. They're probably going to give them the best offer or definitely one of the best offers. And maybe they land them, maybe they don't. Uh, so while this team, I think, talent-wise took a step back this season, they're still finding a way to win games. As I'm saying this, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 Oh, uh, on the road, they're three games over 500, 28 and 25. They have one more game against the Oakland A's. And then they head to San Diego to face the Padres. And this is a big series for the Padres. 
Because if they lose three out of four, it's not a three-game series. If they lose three out of four here, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, then they're just digging themselves a bigger hole after starting to dig out of that hole. They're one game under 500. They could be three games under by the end of this weekend. Or they could be over 500 by the end of this weekend. So it's going to be pivotal. I'm not, I'm not thinking about the division, the NL West. I'm thinking about the wild card, obviously. Keeping ground where they are. You know, if they split this series, obviously you hope for three out of four based on where they are, like you need wins, but splitting would not be the end of the world because they're not falling deeper under 500, if that makes sense. And the Dodgers, they're a better team than the Padres are. Like that's just the facts. That's the numbers. That's the record. It just is what it is. So I think it's going to be a competitive series. I think the pitching matchups are, some of the pitching matchups are out. So again, it's a weird Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. It's not just a three-game series. It's four. And the pitching matchup for Friday, don't know. I think Bobby Miller is the guy that the Padres broadcast put in there against you, Darvish, on Friday. That's at 640. On Saturday, Blake Snow on the mound for the Padres. On Sunday, don't know. Maybe it's Rich Hill or maybe it's Rich Hill. On Monday, MLB has Seth Lugo slated in on Monday. So they the Padres have a spot open on Sunday. So they could go with Rich Hill on Sunday to make his Padres debut. Um, you know, Lugo pitched pretty well his last time out, obviously. Going, I think, seven innings against the Rockies. And Snell, obviously, I think he's the best starting pitcher in Major League Baseball right now. So they're going to have a good opportunity here to at least split. I think they're going to have a good opportunity to take three out of four. I'm not going to, I don't expect the Padres to blow out the Dodgers in any game. I I think they're going to be close. Um, And I think we got to accept a split if that's what happens because the Dodgers, they're a really good team and you never know what the heck happens in these Padre Dodger series. But hoping they take three out of four. Four out of four, I got to, I respect the Dodgers too much to, even though I hate them. I respect them too much to say, oh, no, sweep on the table, four-game sweep on the table. Padres haven't won four games in a row all season long. So I'm not going to act like, oh, they're going to go win four in a row. I I don't see that happening at all. Um, So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be packed all series long. Even the Monday day game, there's that straw hat giveaway. Sure, it'll be packed there. Um, And – Hopefully the Padres can build off of these last couple of games against the Colorado Rockies where they combined for 19 runs. I'll say it again, 19 runs in two games. Can they continue that? That's going to be big here in this series. Hopefully they feed off the fans' energy as well. And hopefully the stadium doesn't doesn't get taken over by Dodger fans. You know, hopefully Padre fans will show up just like they have continued to show up even when this Padres team maybe doesn't deserve to have sold out crowds every night, even on a random Tuesday night, right? They continue to show up though. So I think they will this weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's the LA at San Diego rivalry weekend with the Padres and with the wave taken on angel city. All right, let's get to the rest of the comments here. Where did I leave off? Oh, the Alfaro thing, right? No, Dylan's saying this entire chat has more war than Matt Carpenter this year. 
Um, Pedro says Benito Santiago should be in the Padres Hall of Fame. Steven says Benito Santiago was by far the best catcher the Padres ever had. Terry Kennedy probably second. Sanchez, if he stays a Padre and he continues playing like this, he will be in that conversation because he's. I think he's playing pretty darn well with the Padres. And it's not a high, again, like I said earlier, it's not like Yadi Molina that he has to compete with and it's like, or Pud Rodriguez or Johnny Bench where it's like, yeah, you're not going to get there. Sorry, dude. Right? Like, it's pretty easy to pass Austin Hedges and Nick Hunley. No disrespect to Nick Hunley or Austin Hedges. Like, I know they... They tried with the Padres, but come on, let's just face it. Or Rene Rivera or Yasmani Grandal before he went to the Dodgers and started like playing probably up to his potential, playing better with the Dodgers than he did with the Padres. He can be better than those guys. He's going to have to have a track record multiple years with the Padres of playing like this, and we don't even know if he's going to be a Padre at the end of this season. So I don't even want to get into that discussion. Okay. Anything else here? Nothing that comes to mind. I think that'll do it. Talking Friars episode 437. Thank you so much for the time, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. Off day tomorrow. Dodger series coming up this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks so much for watching or listening. You can subscribe to this YouTube channel if you're listening on the podcast platforms. If you want to watch, be a part of the show, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications if you're on YouTube. I encourage you to do so as well. Again, thank you for the support. I love communicating, interacting with Padres fans. Uh, Today was a great show. Thank you so much. Have a good one.